Welcome to the Red Bearded Predator Podcast, where average folks talk about walleyes, whitetails, Wisconsin outdoors, and beyond. There's like a beast. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's a nice eye. Yeah. That was a fast hunt. Holy cow. Welcome all my red-bearded pre- predator people, non-red-bearded, I cannot talk, non-red-bearded predator people, all my people. Let's have a good time tonight. We're here to have some fun. We're going to be talking outdoors. We got a lot of fun topics tonight. Uh, some of the topics that we'll be featuring are Driftless Trout Recap, Green Bay Area Walleye Update, Walleye Jigs, Patterning turkey loads. So I got my co-host Andy. There he is, and I got Bud. All right. So, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Oh, well, we're gonna do a fun question to start off this show for Bud and Andy. They have no idea what's coming. I did not prepare them for this part of the show, but we're gonna play a game of Would You Rather? And the question that I have for Bud and Andy is, we're fishing on the, the Bay of Green Bay and the Fox River. So the question is, would you rather have one guy apiece catch a walleye over 28 inches or we go a day of catching 24 or 12 to 24 inch walleye and we catch 50 of them total. Which would you rather do, Andy? And tell me why. Uh, I would go with quantity. You go with quantity? Yeah. Why would you go with quantity? Uh, because you have a longer stretch of fun. I hear you. I hear you. That makes sense. That makes sense for sure on that one. Bud, what do you got? What would you rather do? Are we tournament fishing? Um, no, no. We're. It's just the three of us out in the boat. Typical day in the walleye waters on the Bay of Green Bay or the Fox River. So it's just the three of us. Yep. Okay, so so we're saying this time of year we're we're talking we're right now yeah right now right now. right now right now this time of year us three in the boat so I would take three over twenty eight I I would agree knowing that knowing that we're not catching keepers like not in season because yeah uh, if, if if it was the end of May then I want all the keepers. Correct. Because then I see, then I see fish fries. I see weekends of good. 
good times. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's what I'm seeing. But yeah. if we're fishing right now, yes, I would agree with Bud 100%. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't sure how you guys felt about that. So that's just a question I was thinking of when I was working today. So, uh, I like the answers and, uh, how's it going? Mr. Bucksite, Mr. Robert, hopefully you're doing well in Delaware tonight. Glad you see you tuning in. Um, I personally, I would go with one over 28 a piece this time of year. Cause, uh, I don't, I don't know how many guys would even do that in a day. I, I just think that would be a be unbelievable, an unbelievable day, unbelievable achievement to do something like that. So, yeah, I would agree with you guys. So, all right. Well, after we got Woody Rather done, let's get into my little trout fishing trip last week around here. It ended up being the best Two days of trout fishing I've ever had. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, How many days of trout fishing? Well, I'll just do hours. It was a total of four hours fishing. But no, I mean like your entire lifetime. Sorry? Your entire lifetime, how many, you know, I mean, if, oh, if you how... only fished for four days and you had your best two. Uh, like... I, I've probably fished for a total of like two weeks or so. So I don't have a lot of trout experience, but it was still it's still a good day. And I miscounted. Yeah, yeah, very funny. But I did miscount because on the second day I thought I caught nine and after watching the video I ended up catching ten. So I don't know. Double digits in two hours, I'll take that. So it uh, ended up being a great day. Um, what I was using for gear was pretty simple stuff. It was a five foot six uh, light, ultralight, ugly stick. So nice cheap rod. And uh, I think it was a Fluger reel that Bud suggested to my parents for like my birthday like 10 years ago. And uh, just using some cheap monofilament line. And I mean, shows that... Uh, Cheap gear can get it done sometimes. You don't need to spend the most amount of money to have success out there. So, just another reason for people. No, definitely don't need to do that. So, yeah, but it was a it was a great time, and I was just using kind of like a brown trout suggested by Andy. He's he's like, if you're fishing brown trout waters, use some brown trout uh, spinning gear or or spinning lure. So that's what I ended up doing. So I got to give a little credit to Andy. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that ended up being a phenomenal bite that I was on. If you guys want to see that video, it's actually dropping right now at 7 o'clock. So if you guys got some time, check it out. It's like an eight-minute video, so it won't take a lot of your time. And uh, if you just want to give that video a like, that would be awesome. So we can get done talking about myself. Why don't we uh, get into the chat over this past weekend of how the Green Bay Fox River waters were for you guys. Andy can do that. <laughs> well, uh, I had a good time. I had a real good time. Uh, you know, first thing in the morning, we picked up a couple of larger females in the morning. Uh, you know, Shame on us. We didn't measure. 
you know. Um, and and we're conservationists. We wanted to get them back in the water as fast as we could. Correct. Yeah, we got them in the water back. Uh, I mean, well, it was a good time. We we like I said, some big females first thing in the morning. Uh, we didn't measure them. Got them back in the water. If I had to guess, I'm thinking 24 inch. Uh, somewhere around that range, uh, and then kind of switched over to males uh, shortly after the sun came up. Caught quite a few males, uh, you know. In that, I think we might have even had some really short ones, like around that 13 inch mark, um, between 13 to maybe 16, somewhere nice. in there. Yeah, um, quite a few of the males, and then. Uh, that eight o'clock traffic started. Um, you know the guys that couldn't get up early in the morning to get out on the river. Uh, the guys that showed up late to the game. Uh, there was a lot of boat traffic, and uh, as soon as that boat traffic hit, they kind of slowed down. Um, and then after slowing down, they, you know, the, the, we saw some weird things going on with the current. Uh, the current, you know, it, it would usually we're fishing quarter ounce to three eighths of an ounce jigs on the river, uh, you know, and, and it was it was odd because you know that three eighths ounce jig would be 20 25 feet behind the boat with the current, uh, and then we wouldn't change positions, and that current would all of a sudden die out, and now we're two feet behind the boat. Okay. As soon as that odd current thing kind of started, um, fish, they, they seemed to really shut down. Um, now, I mean, you guys were picking a, a fish up here, the fish there, you know, uh, but didn't have the consistency that we did before. Yeah. The fish we were seeing get picked up were still just the real small males. Yeah, we didn't see any big females. And, you know, I, I know it's just an assumption, but I'm assuming that other guys were seeing the same things because then you started seeing boat traffic really increase. Okay. You know, you, you started seeing guys, you know, I mean, let's be real. If guys are fishing and they're picking up fish, they're not going to move from their spot. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you start seeing these fish start to move, or, you know, the fish shut down. Guys are going to start moving around. Guys are going to start jockeying for different positions to try to find different fish. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. How uh, how deep are you guys fishing? Uh, we were right on the break line that kind of bounced between 8 foot to 12 foot. Okay, so you were kind of on the top side? Yeah, yeah, we were on the top side of that break. Okay. Um, you know, the, being on that top side of the break, you know, it, it just seemed like that, that at least when we first got there, that's where the active fish were. Yeah, we, we when we set up, we, we had a big pot of fish. Okay. Yeah. So you, yeah. oh, you guys were just jigging then and um, varying up the weights and stuff like that? Is that correct? Yeah, I was doing, uh, you know, I'm a jig guy. That's the, what I do. Yeah. You know? um, so I was running my standard, you know, three ounce. sounds. I, I tend to use VMC jigs quite a bit, uh, the Moon Eyes. Uh, color, you know, 
didn't seem to matter too much. Uh, I, I happened to see other guys fishing next to us using green. They were consistently putting fish in the boat. I was using like an orange uh, chartreuse kind of color. Okay. Um, live bait, I was using minnows, a lot of fat heads. Yeah. Still, so still that typical early early walleye bite where it's live bait type presentation. Yeah. Um, so were you guys actually vertically jigging? Were you guys pop jigging? Were you dragging? What type of uh, tactic were you guys using? Andy can explain this technique really good. <laughs> so... It was a different bite than I was used to. Um, what I was doing was a real slow, methodical, um, I don't know what you want to call it, just a real little pump. Okay. I mean, I was, I was, I was picking that bait up maybe four inches off the bottom. Okay. Real, real subtle, uh, keeping tension on the line the entire time. Um, but bringing it up about four inches, letting it drop. Yeah. And it, it seemed like they would they would hit it after it dropped. Uh, and even the hits, the hits were real subtle, real soft. Uh, didn't really feel much. Um, and that's why, you know, I don't I don't think you posted the video yet, but I'm sure it'll come out. Uh, you'll see a lot of times Bud would actually be talking to me. And I would be like, hold on a second, hold on, hold on, hold on. I feel that fish there, I feel it there. And you kind of feel that rod tip start loading up. Like there's just dead weight on the end. Okay. And then, and then there was the hook set. Yeah. I, I haven't pers personally even seen the footage yet to the to the video here. So um, Bud said it was supposed to be shipped to me today. So hopefully. It, no. Oh. I asked if you wanted FedEx. Oh. Snail mail. Oh, I got snail mail. Well, hopefully uh, by Wednesday it comes in so I can start uh, working getting, on that. You're getting a Thursday. You're getting a Thursday. Oh, that's going to be a real tight turnaround. Hopefully I can uh, drop that video, guys, for Thursday or Friday, but uh, that'll be coming up pretty soon here. So it sounds like you guys caught caught some fish, so that's positive. Caught a couple. That's good. That's good. Um, so you guys mentioned that you guys were using primarily jigs. I figured since that was the bite you were on, why don't we talk about some jigs tonight? Um, so my first question for each of you, I'm not sure if you have your jig tackle boxes available, but if you have, you do? Okay. Yeah. And if you don't, we can describe it. So... You got five seconds, five to ten seconds to pick out a go-to jig that you'd use no matter what on the Fox River or Green Bay. What would that be? I like this Kalen's Google Eye jig. Um, chartreuse green. That seems to be a pretty pre predominant color on the Fox River. That seems to be pretty effective. I'm not sure for those of you who are around the country are using the same type of stuff but if you guys walleye fish you know on erie uh anywhere else across the united states what type of jigs would, do you guys use so if you guys just want to put that in the comments i'll read it out so yeah 
What would you use, bud? What do you got? It's a three ace, chartreuse and orange, the short shank, short shank, but then I got a blade on the other side. Okay. That's your go-to. That if, if I was in a tight fight, I would definitely try it. Yep. Just because we've had a lot of times where, especially if it's sunny out with the blade underneath, you get a little extra sparkle, shine, something like that with it. And with that blade in the current, you're going to add vibration to it too. Okay. And I like the short shank because with the nice little short middle, you're going to increase your hookups. Okay. Um, so we got our first comment here. Uh, do it then outdoors. Haven't done much walleye fishing, but we use primarily live bait. Is that cheating? Well, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I agree with Andy for walleye. Like we use live bait. That's kind of our go-to when the bite stuff. So I won't blame you for using live bait. No, I guess. Uh, not, not, yeah, nine out of ten times that's the better bite is live bait. <laughs> I guess here's, here's my theory or my thought on that. If it's putting fish in a boat, it ain't cheating. <laughs> as long as you're not using, you know, explosives. As long as you're not spearing them and snagging them. Like. Yeah. If you're using legal methods and you're putting fish in a the boat, there's no cheating about it. Nope. I agree with you boys on that. Andy, what you got tied on the end of your line? So, I don't know if you guys will be able to see this, but right there. Little VMC Moon Eye. VMC Moon Eye. Uh, green on top, little chartreuse in the middle, and there's a white on the end, or on the bottom. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've tried the gumball jigs, and maybe it's part of their design, maybe it's not, hell if I know. Yeah. But the, I don't know if you can see that, but the flats in there, because there, there's flats where the eyes are. Yeah. And I really think that that jig acts differently in the water than, say, a solid gumball jig. It's more aerodynamic. It cuts the current. Yeah. It, it just, because, you know, I've ran out of my, my precious <laughs> moon eye jigs before. Yeah. And I tied on the same color in a gumball jig and can't catch shit. Yeah. Um, so again, not sure if it's color or or what the deal is, but um, yeah, it just seems. And you know, maybe it's a confidence thing. You know, uh, similar to uh, uh, those of us that like Bud knows where I'm going with this, but my precious black gold sunset, right? You start using lures that you feel confident with and you use them more often therefore you catch more fish which then builds up more confidence in that lure yeah uh, you know so you i think bud does a fantastic job of breaking the mold and trying new things whereas i don't <laughs> so maybe that's where we make a good combination you know what i mean yep uh where I I have my go-tos. Not saying that I don't try to change up techniques or something, 
you know, like yeah, but you changing up techniques is like thirty seconds. I mean, <laughs> it is. It is. Well, but there are certain colors and certain lures that I gravitate towards, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't stray from that too much. Yeah, and I was just gonna say, I think that's just an outdoorsy thing in general, like. When I'm hunting, it's all about confidence. When you're fishing, it's all about confidence and what you've had success with in the past. And I think when your confidence is running out is kind of when it's nice to rely upon those new things when when kind of it's all right to throw a Hail Mary out there. Um, I did, sure. did that a lot myself just bow hunting where I threw, <laughs> I've, I've just been struggling and throw a Hail Mary, try something new. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So... Yeah, so I just want to uh, break down these jigs for our people who can't see these jigs on our podcast. So just to describe it, folks, it's the Eric, myself, I'm using uh, Chartreuse with a green top, and it's uh, made by Kalen's Acme. So we'll take that in the podcast description. So, Bud, what's, uh, what's the make, model, color, all that stuff on your jig? Well, honestly, I don't even know. Honestly, mine's made by Marsland. But it's a three ace, and it's chartreuse on the bottom, orange on the top. It's got some tiger stripes on it. But the, the big difference behind it is, if anybody that knows about stinger hooks, is there'd be a stinger eyelet on the bottom of the jig. Well, instead of having that, there's a little tiny blade that'll spin in the current. Okay. Gives, it's got this little short, short chain hook on it. Yeah, it gives a little bit of flash. All right, Andy, you yeah. just you just want to give your uh, description to our podcast listeners who can't catch this live episode. Sure. Uh, very similar to yours. It is a green on top. A there's some black tiger strike on the top. Uh, chartreuse kind of through the center. Uh, white belly on it. And then uh, as far as the shape that I was talking about earlier, if you picture a standard gumball jig, which is just a, a sphere like a gumball, um, and on the two sides that are parallel to, say, the eyelet and the hook shank coming out, the, both sides, if you were to just you know shave off a little bit on each side to make two little flats, um, and inside of those flats there is a... A holographic fisheye with a black pupil in it. Okay, okay. Well, thanks for describing that, guys. Um, hopefully, that helps all of our podcast listeners out if they're wondering what we're talking about. All right, the next thing I want to get into we had this discussion a couple weeks ago when we were just in Bud's driveway, just chit chatting about turkey hunting, and we uh, got on the topic of patterning turkey loads. And kind of the discussion that we're having is Andy was saying, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, that you guys were, you guys met up, each each one of you bought a different brand, different load, different shot, that sort of thing. And you guys ended up shooting it. Was it all out of the same gun or different guns? So now I guess to kind of rewind just a touch. Okay. This was for duck hunting. Okay. Uh, but I think you could use the same principles okay. across the board with you know any kind of hunting. But so this was when when I first started out duck hunting. 
many years ago, uh, me, I, I just got together with a bunch of buddies, right? And we kind of each wrote down on a piece of paper what different rounds we were going to get. We all agreed on the same shot size okay, um, and the same length. So we all went with three inch and we all went with number three shot for ducks. And we just kind of went across the board and bought, you know, I was responsible for a box, then somebody else was, and another friend was, another friend was. And you get all this wide variety. So, you know, you yourself are not dropping hundreds of dollars on all these boxes of shells. And, you know, let's say you shoot, like, for me, the, the fast steel, the Kent fast steel, that was horrible absolutely okay. so there's no way I would have ever used any more of those rounds however there was another guy in our group who was shooting it and it was patterning very well out of his gun okay so I just gave him that box you know what I mean yep and you can kind of mix and match and then you get a lot of you can get a lot of different rounds to try without having a huge financial impact um in, you know, and, and there again, you're always going to, if you get enough friends together to do it, you're always going to find somebody that's going to have a better pattern with a certain brand uh, yep. that you can always just give them the, that box around. So, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather give it to a friend uh, that works fairly well, even if it's just a mediocre shot. Yep. You know, if it works decent out of their gun, well, I'd rather give it to them than, you know, throw them away or miss birds. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, do you have similar experiences just patterning guns, um, you know, both waterfowl and turkey hunting? Yeah, I, I noticed, because I kind of I did the same thing, but I did it by myself. Okay. And so I would buy a box of shells. I'd just go out hunting, and I wouldn't hit nothing. I'd go back to the drawing board, I'd shoot around, and I'd be all over the place. So it's kind of like I, I learned from bad experiences. Yeah. And that's when I learned how to pattern shotgun, you know, and I did the things with the hypersonic Remingtons, you know, thinking it shoots fast, get me to the bird faster, all this. Well, come to find out they shoot so fast and they just blows the pattern up. <laughs> Don't actually have a pattern. It just it, they all ricochet off each other, and it does that. And I ran into the same thing with blind. I think it was Winchester had blindside, and I tried patterning them. Well, their blindside pellets wouldn't even shoot through cardboard at 30 yards. You know, it was another bad experience for me. Yeah. But I always had to have a bad experience, and then I'd go back and check loads, and that's where I started learning: check your loads first, and then go hunting. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, because I, I ended up being lucky just, you know, from talking to Bud and seeing a lot of internet resources, a uh, good marriage between the Remington 870 12 gauge and um, the shells seem to be the Winchester double X's. And in my scenario, I use that right away. Uh, shot at 30, 40 yards made a good pattern and didn't have to do all the fussing around with the different shells or whatever. So, and I think, Bud, you're shooting the similar one and you've had success with the double X's, correct? I don't know. They're 
Andy, what did I give you? I was just going to say, yeah, that's a uh, funny, funny story. So I was just up at my brother's up in the UP uh, yesterday. And while I was up there, I took him up, I uh, took a, the opportunity to shoot that gun. So I'm relatively new with turkey hunting. Okay. Uh, I'd like to try it. Uh, I've gone with Bud before uh, a couple of times. But now, uh, you know, my son, I mean, Archer, Archer's interested in doing it. So I'm going to get a blind this year, and him and I are going to go out, and we're going to kind of make it a thing, right? So Bud was gracious enough to lend me some rounds because God knows they're hard to find right now. <laughs> uh, yes, they are. So, so he sent me some rounds, and... Uh, he let me borrow his choke tube as well. Uh, now, I, I'm pretty sure you're shooting an 872, right, bud? For your turkey gun? So, uh, that's what I put it in this weekend. And, you know, I, I do think that, you know, manufacturer tolerances probably all kind of align with certain guns and yep. certain tolerances and whatnot. Um, but I'll tell you what, that double X, I threw that tube in there. Uh, I shot just a single round and I it's like you know right away that pattern was absolutely perfect at 30 yards yeah at, at 30 yards uh, I bet you that pattern was probably 20 inches in diameter at 30 yards um, super consistent pellet count very even uh, it worked out great so nice obviously that's that's the route that will be going <laughs> nice right. yeah just just seems to work. Yeah, um, that's a ported turkey, turkey choke. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you guys have any comments that you want to, uh, what guns are you using? What shot you using? Might be able to help someone out. So if you guys want to put those in the comments, that'd be awesome. Just to help other people out. And if you guys have any questions, what it even means to pattern a gun, because I mean, I was new to turkey hunting three or four years ago. So uh, we're here for new people and as well as our veteran hunters as well so yeah so if you guys want to help somebody out put something in the comments so that was kind of our topics for tonight i thought of one more good thing uh to kind of wrap this up and to be a little bit more interactive with our audience and uh i thought it'd be kind of fun to play truth or two truths and a lie um and I'll pick either Bud or Andy, and they got to tell two truths and a lie. And if anyone's watching this, um, you tell which one is the lie, and maybe I'll send you a jig or something. We're on a low budget here, so I don't got a lot of money to give away crap, so maybe I'll send you a jig. Well, we'll get those three jigs. We can give them away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll send you my favorite jig that I use on the river or something like that. So, yeah, so I don't know who I should go with. We got like a coin or something like that that I can flip. I don't have a coin or anything. I'm going to use a bobber right here. So if it goes to the right of me, it's going to be Andy. And if it goes to the left of me, it goes to Bud. And we're going to use the bottom side. All right, ready? Folks at home probably can't see this, but whatever. Screw it up. 
Oh, it went to the right of me. So I think I said that was what, bud? That was Andy. Oh, Andy's right. Andy, two truths and a lie. Outdoors related. Oh, you're eligible. But if we, here's the deal though. Here's the deal though. If our audience responds before Bud, we'll give our audience. I'll I'll give them, I'll give them one or two minutes to respond because there is a little lag time. So if Bud guesses uh, after that grace period, then Bud gets my jig. So here we go. Here we go, Andy. I'll I'll give the audience. Until next week. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Maybe maybe we'll yeah. revisit this next week. Sounds good. If, if no one guesses, then bottle guess next week. Yeah. All right, here we go, Andy. Response during this webisode or webcast here right now we'll have you guys put what side of the screen am I on here we'll have you guys put comments below the first one to get it right gets my chartreuse green jig everybody good with that all right I'm fine with it because if he gets it I don't want to get the jig <laughs> that's right so hopefully Hopefully our uh, audience members respond. So, and this has to be on our YouTube uh, YouTube page, YouTube, um, where you comment below. That's that's the only stipulation, and I'll send it to the mailing address. I'll send a private message to you or something like that if you guess right. So, yeah, I guess that's all I really have for this week. Uh, we can talk about looking forward to next week or the the rest of this week and this coming weekend i don't have any time where i'll be getting out during the week trout fishing or anything like that because i will be editing my butt off andy you got anything coming up this weekend uh this weekend we got some family in town but um i still think i'm gonna squeeze in a fishing trip all right that'd be awesome that'd be awesome um bud Got anything planned for the weekend? You know, just a Friday night trolling bite and Saturday morning fishing trip, Saturday afternoon. I don't know. We'll see. It depends how it goes. We'll go out exploring, if anything. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and convince Bud to, to go out in the bay on Saturday. Then I'm thinking we should, <laughs> and I'm thinking we should troll the river. On Friday night so that's what I'm hoping for hopefully I can convince Bud to do that so I'll be heading up to Green Bay joining up with uh, Bud and hopefully Andy for a day other than that I don't have anything else for our uh, listeners or fellow people watching the stream here so you guys got any final thoughts to wrap up this webcast slash podcast well my final thoughts me and Andy can tell you that the bait might not be that good 
Yeah, we've been there. Yeah. That's okay. old news, man. Okay. Yeah, living, living well, well, sorry. Some of us have to work on yeah. weekends. We, we had an <laughs> opportunity. We took it. Uh, maybe maybe I'll convince Bud still. But other than that, I don't have anything so, else. So I would like to say that maybe you should try the bait in the afternoon. Because I think I can get out in the morning on Saturday. Oh, I see. You guys good to go? Wrap this up? Yeah. Do we have, was there no questions at all this week? We didn't have any questions, so we probably weren't very entertaining because we actually got everything right this time. And he's froze now. Oh, he's froze. I think we should end it. All right. You should, you should actually kind of screenshot that face. That's a good face. I'll print screen it. All right, folks, thanks for watching this uh, uh, episode of Red Bearded Weekly. Uh, you know, takes time out of your day to watch us. We appreciate all the support. Thanks to all my Red Bearded listeners, non-Red Bearded listeners, kids, women, everything all above. Thanks for watching this week's episode, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching.